Welcome to Adventology, the podcast dedicated to helping you be ready for Jesus. Here now is the host of Adventology, Travis Walker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Adventology. I hope you are doing well. It is hard to believe that we are over a year now into this post-pandemic new reality. And it's good to see that there is now light at the end of the tunnel. I think we can all look forward to a summer where we'll begin to come together again and to see one another face-to-face. Hopefully, uh, churches will begin to open up more. I know my church here in Daytona Beach is looking forward to that. So we hope that you'll be traveling down to sunny Florida and visiting us soon. But it is good that during this time, we have been able to stay connected through technology. And uh, one of those wonderful pieces of technology um, is Zoom. And I'm sure many of you are tired of Zoom by now, doing so many things on it. I know I am. But still, we cannot deny that Zoom was a blessing during this time. And one of the things that we did as a church just about this time a year ago was start a 40 Days of Prayer initiative and where we had over 20 people coming together every night, faithfully praying for one another. And it was amazing to see the revival that God began in our church through that prayer meeting, Uh, not just in the lives of the people that were praying, but in the lives of the people we were praying for. And so there was so much buzz and testimony that came as a result of that 40 Days of Prayer that I ended up writing an article about it and publishing it in a new magazine called Time to Get Ready Ministries or timetogetready.org. And uh, the title of the article was How Specific Prayer Transformed My Church. Well, that article really took off on the magazine, and eventually it was also published in the Florida Conference of Seventh-day Adventist magazine, Florida Focus. And then a few months later, we heard from the General Conference Ministry Revival and Reformation that they wanted to publish it too. And just today, it was published in the Revival and Reformation website. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes for that. Well, the reason I bring that up is not just because the article was recently republished, but more so because my guest in today's episode is Tony Casabono, the founder and director of the magazine Time to Get Ready Ministries. And we share a lot in common in terms of our goals. Obviously, the title of his ministry, Time to Get Ready, is very similar to the tagline for this podcast, Be Ready for Jesus. And so we have been talking and working together over the last year or so, and I really wanted to bring him on the podcast today just to let you hear his story, and I wanted to definitely encourage you to check out timetogetready.org, not just to read articles I write there, but there are so many others that will lift you up spiritually and feed you as we all look for the soon coming of Jesus together. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Tony, it is great to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Travis? 
I am super excited to uh, to be able to finally get together and record this. I know we've been communicating together for at least a year now, or close to it. Um, and so, how did we connect? Amen. Yeah, we got connected through Helmut Heibel. I, I reached out to him and I said, hey, we're still developing our team. Do you know anybody that would be uh, somebody that shares the vision of Time to Get Ready Ministries to uh, get ready and help others get ready so Jesus can come? And he shared that he had recently been talking with you uh, and we connected and it's been almost a year and it, it's exciting to see what God is doing uh, you know, in both of our ministries and share a little bit about that today. Yeah, I'm super excited about that, and I have really enjoyed just our connection over the last year. And really, one of the things that I was super interested in was just hearing uh, your testimony again. I know you've told it to me, but I really think our listeners would appreciate just kind of how you came to this conviction that um, Jesus really is coming soon. Yeah, thanks for asking, Travis. I'd love to uh, spend a little bit of time kind of talking about my personal journey and my walk with the Lord. I've been a Seventh-day Adventist my whole life, and I've known Jesus, but he really wasn't my best friend. And so let me just tell you a little bit about, you know, what happened in my life. Uh, go back to I went to Southwestern Adventist University um, as a freshman, and uh, I'm a type 1 diabetic. And I had this experience, uh, a low blood sugar experience, where I should have died. Uh, and I won't, yeah, I won't go into all the details of what happened, but I, it was a miracle, to say the least, that I, I did not um, pass away. And I talked to medical doctor or doctors, and they're, you know, they were not, they were not Christian doctors, but they gave an explanation, you know, along the lines of, hey, this was a miracle. I did. I was just in awe that he had preserved my life. And there was a conviction that came over my life then that God had a plan for me. And whether it was big or small, I wanted to find out what was that plan. And I know that for our listeners here today, whether you have, you know, going through trials or wherever you are in your walk, you know, whether you're just beginning to walk with the Lord or you're wondering if he's real or if he exists, and, and what's going on in our world today, just know that there is a God that loves you and he cares for you and he has a plan for you. But this, that was over 20 years ago when I had that happen to me, but I've never forgotten that. And each morning when I wake up, I just give thanks to God and say, thank you for another day of life. So as I continued in my walk with the Lord, I was, you know, struggling with hanging on to different things in this world. You know, I was in a state where I wanted the things of this world, whether that's sports, media, uh, entertainment, and I, I wasn't wanting to fully let go. And I had a struggle with that for many, many, many years. Uh, fast forward uh, to about five, six years ago, I was in Michigan with my wife. Uh, we had two boys and we went to a seminar series by Pastor Lee Venden out of uh, Washington, Northwest area. And he did a, a evangelistic series about Jesus and being your Jesus being your best friend. And after attending that series, I started to fall in love with Jesus as my best friend. And uh, I was like, wow, I, I knew about Jesus, but I never really thought of him as being my best friend. So I started 
you know, in, in t- teaching and training my boys, I said, I really want them to know Jesus as their best friend. And what does that mean? And what does that look like as a family, as a spiritual head of my family? But during the next couple of years, as we moved from Michigan to Tennessee and then to New York, I was still struggling with completely letting go of the things of this world, you know, sports, TV, media, entertainment, et cetera. And when I got to New my we moved from Nashville, Tennessee to New York. I was in a hotel room and I was convicted. The Holy Spirit convicted me about spending more time with Jesus. And I was like, but I've already done that before, Lord. It just doesn't work. I, I've got too many things in my day. I, I just, I can't find the time to do that. But the conviction wouldn't go away. As I prayed about it, I came to the conclusion that I should be thinking about my relationship with Jesus just like I would my wife or any good friend, or any friend, that it's not just about reading the Bible or saying my prayers, but it's much deeper than that. So I came to what I call the seven relationship principles that I used that had an incredible and internal impact on my life. And those relationship principles were talking, listening, singing, reading, praying, journaling, and memorizing scripture. And those last two things had an incredible impact more than any of the other ones. I had journaled in the past, but this time I took it seriously, as well as memorizing scripture. And let me tell you, as I started this journey, spending 60 minutes with Jesus every day, there were periods in the first month where I wanted to stop. I wanted to just move on. It was just too hard, and I was a little discouraged, but I kept persevering. And as time went on, month after month, it just became a normal, regular thing where I didn't even think about, oh, did I spend my 60 minutes with the Lord? Because Jesus became my best friend during that time period. And it was an incredible transformation in me and my life. And I started seeing some of the things that I struggled with. I saw those things, um, Jesus taking those things away. Mm. So fast forward that to uh, the spring of 2019, I went and I said, Lord, what can I, how can I use my talents for you? And as I prayed, I started praying a prayer based on Nehemiah chapter one and chapter two, because I said, Lord, you've taken me from a state where I was sleeping. I was struggling with the things of this world and you've woken me up and you're transforming me from the inside out. And I'm so thankful. How can I use my talents for you? And as I was praying for that, as I was praying that prayer, uh, within a couple of weeks, he put a burden on me to start a magazine. And I was like, no, Lord, I want to do something else. What can I do? But I, co- I continued to pray and he kept pressing on me to start a ministry to reach out to people all over the world that know of Jesus, but maybe they're not, maybe Jesus is not their best friend. Maybe they're sleeping. Maybe they're awake, but they're not really getting ready because Jesus wants to come soon and he wants his people to be ready. And he wants to come and take all of us home to heaven. Wow. That is, it's amazing because I think what you just described is just this natural thing that happens, right? At conversion, right? Because a lot of times we don't even realize we're sleeping until we're awake. Mm. And then once we are awake to Jesus, like you said, once he became your best friend, your desires changed, right? It was like you mm-hmm. just, just, what I heard you say, and you didn't get into the detail of it, but I, I've experienced it, so I know kind of what you're saying, is that it, was, it wasn't it was that you had to 
necessarily like try harder to stop being so intrigued by the world, but it was, it just didn't have the same um, appeal anymore because the higher uh, purpose for life became a greater part of your daily life. And to the point where you weren't satisfied with just living the American dream anymore, but something bigger was compelling. And, and so um, that turned into this vision, what you're describing now for this, this ministry, this magazine. And, um, you know, I also can't help but, but think about just the connection you made to sleeping and, and thinking about the 10 virgins in Matthew 25, right? Where you have people who, um, you know, two groups of people who know the truth, but only mm-hmm. half of them are really awake and ready. So um, talk a little bit more about what happened after this conviction came into your mind. Yes, yeah, sure. And I would just like to say one more thing that I think is really important for the listeners. There is a book by Helmut Heibel called Steps to Personal Revival. And before I started praying and saying, Lord, how can I use my talents for you? You've done so much for me. I want to return uh, in however you see fit. I started reading a book by uh, Helmut Heibel, and I had never realized the importance of the Holy Spirit. And you mentioned the 10 virgins, Travis, and you, there's the five that, were, that woke up and were ready. Uh, they were all sleeping, but only five of them were really ready, you know, and the difference was the Holy Spirit. And I think it's important as, as, as people for the Lord, as Christians, as we're thinking about what's going on in our world today and being ready for Jesus to come, the Holy Spirit plays a critical part in that. It's just, it's, we have to have it. And that's not something I really realized as a Seventh-day Adventist my entire life until just recently. And as we get closer to Jesus' soon return, we need the Holy Spirit to get us ready so then we can then be ready and share Jesus with others so others can be ready and we can have as many people in heaven as possible as God works through us. Amen. Yeah, I I think that is my connection. And I think you mentioned that in the uh, beginning where I had been blessed by that book as well. I actually did a sermon series based on that book in my church mm-hmm. and um experienced very much like what you're describing um, prior to even starting Adventology. Now that I think about it, I never really made a connection before between maybe that book uh, awakening in me something that Mm -hmm. until you just said that, but it was um, at an ASI conference, somebody just dropped that book in my bag. And I Mm -hmm. believe it was like the summer of 2018, I want to say. It may have been 2017, but um, it was it was amazing how um, that little book um, has has affected so many people around the world. So we're going to put a link to that book in the show notes. If you have not read the book Steps to Personal Revival, we highly recommend that um, you take a look at it, and it's and it's free, um, and we're going to do that for you. So. Uh, all right, so continue with, with your story now. So you've, you've been um, awakened. You have this vision for uh, this magazine. What happened next? Yeah, it's a great question. So in July-ish of 2019, so about two years ago, 
that's when the Lord put this burden on my heart to start a magazine. And about after four weeks of praying and you could say wrestling with the Lord, Lord, is this really what you want me to do? I said, okay, the, the idea, the conviction will not go away. So I'm going to start putting thoughts down on a piece of paper and I'm going to start sharing it with people, some family members and some names that the Lord was impressing upon me to share this with. And I started doing that and I was getting really good feedback and starting to see how the Lord would build a team because we would need writers, we would need editors, et cetera, to make this come to life. Fast forward to January of 2020, we had a team of about five to seven people. Uh, so the Lord was blessing, but we still had some big questions left to answer. Were we going to be an online magazine? How, are we going to be a print magazine? Were we going to focus just in the United States? Where, you know, where were we going to be targeting and sharing this with others? And we still had a small team. And I was like, Lord, we need to get to 30 people, 30 people. And it was January of 2020. So I started fast. I started fasting and praying. Uh, and the Lord started blessing in an incredible way. I don't know how he did it, but I know that our God is powerful. And he worked in a mighty way, pulling people from different countries and assembling a team of 30 people by April 1. I had been praying that we'd get to 30 by the end of March. And we, we basically did that on April 30, the la or April 1, excuse me, the last person was added a team. We had a team of about 25 writers and about five editors. And we had also IT website uh, leader and somebody else to help with all the pictures that we uh, we pulled together for all the articles. So we had a team, the Lord was moving, and fast forward a couple months later, Travis, you and I connected later that summer, and we launched Time to Get Ready Ministries July 1, 2020. And we are an online magazine that publishes articles to encourage people, to enlighten them through God's word, and to empower them that, you know, to get ready so Jesus can come. And we believe the Holy Spirit, we've seen the Holy Spirit working uh, through the ministry as people are reaching out from different plates, places in the world saying, you know, will you share more with us? What, you know, can you do this, share Bibles with us? And so it's been really encouraging to see God working and we're excited to see what else God would like us to do as we think about year two coming up here in a couple of months. Yeah, and it's so cool how God began this in the middle of COVID when a lot of people were, were stuck at home, when a lot of people were looking for hope and encouragement. And it's not easy to, to start anything from scratch, but especially coordinating 30 people and creating a, a ministry and pretty much everybody is volunteers, right? I mean, you're just basically um, reaching out and people are donating their time, donating their talents and um, it's all coming together in time to get ready ministries.org, right? That's, that's correct. Yeah, we have over 30 volunteers. And as God has been blessing and, and growing the team, yeah, everybody's you know, donating their time. We have resources that are being donated to help make this uh, be a reality on a, on a daily basis for our, our readers. And as we share this, uh, what's exciting to see uh, the, imp the the footprint that we've had as we've done some advertising is to see that we've been able to reach nearly every country in the world 
has been able to get exposed to time to get ready ministries. And we know, you know, looking at the Great Commission in Matthew 28, that, you know, Jesus calls us to go and make disciples of all nations. And I believe that Jesus has been waiting to have a people that know him as a friend, as a best friend, and that the Holy Spirit has come in and cleaned us to help us reflect the character of Jesus. And that's one of our, you know, one of our big goals is to, to encourage people uh, in their walk with the Lord. It doesn't matter where you are, whether you're just trying to get on the first step or you've been journeying with a, cl- a close relationship with Jesus for a long time. Jesus has a, a role for all of us to play, and he wants us to allow him to lead us. And, you know, going back to my personal testimony, I really struggled with my will versus God's will and, you know, things of this world and the things of God. But once you start to have Jesus as a friend and that relationship develops, just like with your spouse, as you, as you, as you spend time, you focus, you love on, that, on your spouse, you love on other people, it changes you. And like you said, Travis, which I think is worth saying again, is if you have anything in your life that you're struggling with and you've been trying to stop, just let Jesus have your life. Just give yourself fully to him and he will take care of you. And the things that you once struggled with, they will be removed, sometimes fast, sometimes a little bit slower, but just trust that he's got a plan and he wants to take, take and remove any sin in our lives and clean us to be like him. And if you think it's impossible, it's not. Because, for example, I'll share one testimony, Travis. I had uh, an addiction with caffeine. And I wanted to let go of this. I wanted to give it up, but I just could not give it up. And maybe maybe caffeine's not an addiction for you, and maybe it's not something that you want to give up, and you're okay with it. That's fine. you know. But for me, it was something I wanted to stop doing. I wanted to stop consuming caffeinated beverages, and I just couldn't. And all of a sudden, over a period of time, the Lord just took it away from me. That addiction was just gone. And I went one afternoon on my way home from work and I grabbed a a caffeinated beverage. And later that night, I could not fall asleep. Now, Travis, I don't, you know, I'm blessed and been fortunate most of my entire life that I'm able to sleep really well and, and get to sleep pretty quickly when I lay down to go to bed. That night, I could not fall asleep. I, and I was like, why can't I fall asleep? This is crazy. And then the Holy Spirit convicted me, and it was not audible, Travis, but it was clear as day. And he said, you said, Tony, why are you still doing this when I took away your addiction? Why are you still drinking caffeinated beverages when I took that addiction away from you? And it was a real wake-up call to me, Travis. I was like, wow, I am so sorry, Lord. I did. I asked you to take this away from me, and you did, but then I still said, well, I want to treat myself. And that was about a year and a half ago, and I made a commitment that I was not going to have caffeinated beverage uh, going forward. So whether it's caffeine or other things in your life, God will take those things away in his time as we commit and we surrender 100%. And, I, and it's my prayer that that each of us in our journey with the Lord, that he helps us so we can be ready for Jesus to come. Amen. And that is the the key, right, is the, the urgency. I think that is something that I've really come to appreciate recently because some people will say, well, 
you know, Adventists have been saying Jesus is coming soon for 175 years and and even longer than that. And that is true. And and so some would say, well, that's that's proof that, um, you know, proclaiming Jesus is coming soon is is really not that important. It's really something that um, was was from a different era. But now we should just be concerned about helping people and really not drawing attention to this um, this event that you know the Bible talks about and and we've been talking about it but we really don't know when it's going to happen so let's just focus on something that we can control and what we can control is helping people so why don't we just do that so what would you say to people who um, you know would like to see the church um, or or and Christians in general stop talking about the second coming of Jesus? Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, I think there's a couple of verses that come to my mind that I think speak to us as Seventh-day Adventists or as, as people, as Christians. You're thinking about, well, I've heard that Jesus is going to come, but why hasn't he come yet? And you know what? We don't need to worry about it because it's been delayed. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. It's been thousands over, you know, almost 2,000 years since you know, Jesus died on the cross. Well, you go to Revelation chapter 3, and it talks about the seventh church there in Revelation 3. It says in verse 16, So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth, because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich in white garments, that you may be clothed. When I think about white garments, I think of the purity of Christ. And I think about what God has done in my life and what, I, what God wants to do in each one of our lives, as he wants to clean us. I believe that Jesus hasn't come yet because his people have not been ready. His people have been lukewarm. They've been sleeping, and I speak for myself. I was sleeping, I was not ready, and I didn't even know it. I thought I was ready, but I wasn't. So I would encourage all of us each morning to ask the Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And that comes from Psalms 139, 23, and 24. And it's a prayer that I've been praying because I, lo- I, want Lord, I want the Lord to work in me so that Jesus can be reflected within me and then he can use me as he sees fit. I think for most of my life, I wanted to do my will and God's will, but Jesus wants all of us. And believe me, as when Jesus has all of us, it's not for, it's not for his own, it's not for him and, and his, you know, Jesus is not selfish at all. He has our best interest at heart. And believe me, as he works in our lives, our lives become at peace and joyful and full of love. And it's a little glimpse of heaven here on earth. Amen. And I would also say that just to add to what you said is just the ideal that, um, you know, God is not um, enjoying sitting, like you were just saying, watching us suffer or, or, mm-hmm. or he's not delaying his coming because of, of something that, um, is more convenient for him. Um, but ultimately, if we care about justice, 
we should long for the second coming even more, right? Because when he comes, the suffering comes to an end, the injustice comes to an end, the the racism and the and the um, just all the hate and all the discrimination and all the uh, the evils that that we point out every day as as things that that should be talked about. And I'm not saying um, even ignored. But ultimately, the only solution for that is the second coming of Jesus. It's the kingdom of heaven that is going to come in and bring righteousness and bring peace and bring restoration. And so those are the things that um, when, we are, when we're thinking about the second coming of Jesus, I think um, sometimes people lose sight of. It's not like we're, we're talking about just, um, you know, pie in the sky, by and by kind of Kind of things here. This is this is real, and Jesus is real, like you were just pointing out. I mean, He wants to be our best friend, and ultimately, He's going to truly um, be the King of, of this earth. And um, and one of the texts that I was thinking of too, um, because I believe urgency is key. I think if we don't have urgency, we can always just say, "Oh, I can take care of it tomorrow," or oh, "I can take care of it next week," "I can take care of it next year." Um, but when we don't act on our convictions, um, not only does Jesus not um, get glorified through our life, but people ultimately suffer because they are not helped by us either. So First um, Thessalonians chapter 5 also came to mind um, where it says here, starting in verse 1, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. I love that because that's essentially what um, what God convic- convicted you to do and what he's convicted me to do. So what are some ways people can watch and be sober? Yeah, I, you know, that's a great question and a great Bible verse is there because, you know, there is urgency right now you think about what's happened since time to get ready ministries started you have the COVID-19 pandemic and different lockdowns across the world and I think I think the first and foremost is to turn our eyes to Jesus amen you know whether you know Jesus or you are learning about him we need to turn our eyes to Jesus and there's a there's a verse in Isaiah 50 verse 4 and it's in the New American Standard Version, and it's talking about allowing Jesus to wake us up in the morning whenever he wants us to wake us up. If you think about the example that Jesus gave us, you know, going back to, well, what example did Jesus give us when he came and lived on earth? And he spent many hours in prayer. He spent much time in the Word. You know, the Bible doesn't talk about all the, de- all the details between when he was born and when he started his mission work, you know, for the three and a half years. But I, we can see by his example that he knew scripture. He had a connection with his heavenly father. 
So I would, you know, encourage each of us to look to Jesus and his example in, in the Bible, you know, from Old Testament all the way to New Testament, because we know Jesus is in the Old Testament, but he came and then he lived with man and then he died for man. And if you read, if you read Matthew uh, 27, which is uh, a, a chapter I've been reading recently, looking at the crucifixion scene and what Jesus did for us, it's unbelievable. I mean, we have here the Son of God who came down, took on our humanity, our sinful, you know, our, our human flesh, and he lived and he died for us. If we can keep our eyes on Jesus and we can invite him into our hearts and say, Lord, I, maybe you don't know how to have, uh, you know, a deep relationship with Jesus, or you don't know what exactly, just ask him and invite the Holy Spirit. You know, in Luke 11, uh, verses, I think, 9 through 13, it talks about seeking and asking and knocking. I mean, you talk about urgency. I think we need to have urgency for the Holy Spirit. The bo that book, Steps to Personal Revival, has an incredible impact to me. I feel like I'm an infant when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I didn't even think... I didn't even know the, the relevance or the importance of the Holy Spirit. But as I've studied scripture, and I've, as I've looked at Jesus as my example, the Holy Spirit was fully present in his life. And, and I want the Holy Spirit, just like with Jesus, to be fully present in my life. I'd encourage you know, the listeners to invite Jesus into their heart, to surrender everything. Don't hold on to something. And if you are struggling with something, ask Jesus to help you. And he will in his time. Maybe fast and may take longer, but trust him because he has a purpose. And as you as you do those things, ask for the Holy Spirit, he will lead you and help you. As as we're seeing the soon you're seeing the evidence of the soon return of Jesus, and he's preparing his people to be ready. Uh, you know, you can be encouraged through scripture and in your time with the Lord. Amen. And I can hear from what you're saying that you have come to the conviction in your own life that the only way to be ready, the only way to, um, you know, when we're making that appeal that it's time to get ready is to turn our eyes upon Jesus, right? I mean, that is the, the theme. If someone were to come on to time to get ready ministries.org, I mean, there isn't going to be, it's not a tabloid style magazine, right? It is completely articles that are designed and the heart and soul of the ministry is designed to turn people away from the world and to embrace a deeper walk with Jesus. That's what I hear you saying. Yeah, amen. And I would just, I think sometimes we forget as humans the power of God. Mm -hmm. We have a section called miracles. It's, it's, the focus is really miracles of yesterday Miracles of today. What is God doing today in people's lives and the miracles of tomorrow? Do you believe and have faith that God can do a miracle? I think the greatest miracle is what he does in my life and your life and other lives. The fact that God took me, now I was sleeping, I was struggling with things of this world, caffeine and other things. He changed me. That's a miracle. And I'm a living, I'm living evidence of that. And that's the greatest miracle I think that God can do. And so our, our magazine, our free online magazine, is intended to share the power of God. People give their testimonies. And speaking of testimonies, we're going to be launching a new section later this year called Testimonials, where we're going to have 
a couple of testimonials every, every month testifying to what God is doing in people's lives all over the world. And I am super excited to see that come to fruition. But in addition to that, we have a section on purposeful prayer. We have a section on wellness. We have a section on Bible promises. You know, another thing, Travis, I just want to point, point out is, is I have been in my time with the Lord. He's been reminding me and encouraging me to spend more time claiming promises in the Bible. Mm. These are real. And if we, if we know them and we, and we live them and we, and we ask for help, you know, he can do anything. But we can't just, we have to actually, you know, put it into practice. So I would encourage us as we're, as we're reading scripture to say, hey, here's a promise. God wants us to claim these promises today. And, and we'll see them come to reality in our lives or in the lives of others as we're praying for other people. Wow. And if somebody is listening and they have experienced a powerful testimony where they've seen God do something amazing in their life. I know you've told this to me before, and I wonder um, if someone were to write to you or to me and say, hey, I have this powerful testimony of God doing this in my life. um, Is that something that you would be interested in reading and hearing about at Time to Get Ready Ministries? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking, Travis. We would encourage them they could reach out to you uh, with Adventology and or they could reach out to Time to Get Ready Ministries. Our email, our ministry email is info at timetogetreadyministries.org. And we'd be really encouraged to read that and build that into our, our launch of a testimonial section planned for later this year. Yeah, and I think that's one of the cool things about Time to Get Ready Ministries because it's not around one person or or even a group of people, but it is a collection, like you said, of, of 30 and probably even more now since you launched of different contributors um, to, to sharing the way that God has worked in their life. And ultimately, you know, getting back to, to our, our theme is, is just this concept of being ready. You know, in Matthew 24, it talks about that we need to be ready because Jesus is going to come at an hour we do not expect. So we don't know when Jesus is coming, but he asks us to be ready. And so Adventology and Time to Get Ready is, you know, we're wanting people to be ready, to get ready for Jesus to come. And I believe that, you know, when we're ready, he's going to come. And he's, I've seen him personally through my life and the lives of people at my church and in different parts of the country, I think around the world, the Holy Spirit is moving. He, the Holy Spirit is transforming lives. I mean, we want, we don't want, I don't want to be ever be a Laodicean, a lukewarm ever again. I've, I've gone from one middle of the road uh, to, you know, my life is in the Lord's hands. Your will be done. And like you said, Travis, a few minutes ago, it's, it's coming to a point where you can't sit on the fence anymore. I, I was sitting on the fence. I wanted my one foot in the world, and I wanted one foot in heaven. But but that doesn't work. And the Lord is merciful. He's gracious. He's long-suffering. And he's been working on me for my entire life. And he's been patient. He's He's been miraculous in how he's saved my life, like I mentioned when I was in college. And I said, Lord, you must have something you want me to do. 
I don't know what that is, but I just thank you for another day of life. Please use me. But I struggle with that for many, many years after that, just until the last three, four, five years, has God really shown me as, as I started to fall in love with Jesus as my best friend and, and keep my eyes on him. Amen. So as we kind of wrap up the episode today, um, what would you say to somebody who just every day they wake up, they, they read the headlines, they see the, the rapid changing world that we live in today and, and just things that, that had bring, brought them comfort before and, and things that were predictable are no longer there and, and they're afraid. And they're worried hmm. and and they believe the Bible, but they still don't have that peace in their heart. Um, what would you say to them as, uh, you know, to give them some hope? Because um, the Bible doesn't sugarcoat that there's going to be challenges in the last days. So how do you how do you wake up every day with hope, um, knowing that you're living in the same world everybody else is? but somehow you've developed a different perspective? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it comes down to experiencing Jesus as your best friend. Experience him as, as a real heavenly you know, a savior. You know, I knew of Jesus, but he wasn't real to me. So just like with a friendship, Travis, you, we can't just say, well, I, I know Travis, you know, no. But to really know somebody, to really know you, you've got to spend time with them. You have to develop a relationship. You have to get ready through different means, whether that's talking with them, listening, you know, reading, you know, scripture, memorizing scripture, etc. So, yes, there is a lot of things going on in our world today that can be unsettling. But what is firm and true and reliable and who will never change He's never changed, and he never will change, and that's God. He's always going to be the same. His love will always be the same for us, and he loves us so, so much that he was he sent Jesus to die for our sins. So he paid the penalty of sin so that we would have the opportunity for eternal life. So if we, if we, st- if we step back and think about that, and we think about how sinful we are, all the mistakes we've made, Jesus is willing to wipe all that clean. He paid the price for that. And I don't know that we think about that enough. We get busy with our jobs. We get busy with friends and family or other interests that we have. But if we think about what's going on in our world today, I think Jesus is trying to wake us up a little bit. He's trying to, uh, you know, the different events that are happening is kind of stirring people. I talked to somebody that mentioned that this COVID-19 pandemic really woke them up. Well, maybe it woke them up, but maybe it hasn't woken you up yet. I know the Lord woke me up before that. He just urgently desires for us to be awake so then he can speak to us through his word and he can speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I would encourage you to open your Bible you know, and, and read and, and, and talk to the Lord as a friend. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Adventology. I just want to remind you that all the links that were mentioned in today's interview with Tony can be found in our show notes. And I want to encourage you to uh, subscribe to his magazine. You can have it delivered right to your inbox every week with fresh articles that will 
um, support you in your walk with the Lord and ultimately help us all to be ready for Jesus because there's not a better time than now to get ready for Jesus. And that's why we exist. And I really appreciate your support of this podcast, especially those of you who have reviewed and rated this podcast where you downloaded it. Uh, If you can get over to Apple Podcasts, that's awesome. Uh, It really boosts our um, ability, other people's ability to find this podcast if you do that. Uh, Also, email me at travis at adventology.com if you have any ideas for future episodes. If you have a testimony to share about how an episode has touched your heart or your life or someone you know. And ultimately, uh, you can find everything we've ever done here at our website, adventology.com. So thanks again for tuning in. And I can't wait to see you back here for another episode of Adventology next week. Until then, Maranatha. Maranatha.